Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Block Talk Radio. Yo, what's cracking, man? PSA Hip Hop. It's your boy, being Watch, man. Watch what's good, my G. Salute. 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 What's cracking, King? What's popping? What's popping, my guy? <laughs> you know the vibes, man. Let's get into this, man. Uh, we visiting albums that we do a lot on this show. If you're new to the show, me and Watson like to do a deep dive into certain projects that's deemed classics or just projects that we want to talk about, period, right? Um, obviously, we've done a Eminem appreciation show. If you're not listening to that, please take time and listen to that. Um, but today, we're going to talk about Eminem's, one of Eminem's albums, and we had asked the common boys, which Eminem project do you want us to talk about and revisit and rehash? And you guys said for us to holler at the Eminem show. Watch, this is one of your favorite albums. Before we get into this, are you surprised that the common boys want to go in first? Because I got to be honest, I thought they were going to go somewhere else. But they said, give us the Eminem show. I'm not surprised because this is Eminem's most popular album. It's his biggest selling album. It's from 2002. It's from a year when Eminem had arguably the single greatest, most successful year any rapper could ever have in history. Because not only did he drop the Eminem show, he also dropped the Eight Mile movie, which was the number one movie in America when it came out. And he also dropped the Eight Mile soundtrack, which was the number one Mm -hmm. Uh, album when that, that soundtrack. So Eminem in 2002 to me reached a height that no rapper in terms of popularity and success has ever seen. It was just it was just a mind blowing level of success. And I'll say this: I can make the argument that in 2002, Marshall Mathers was the MVP of that year. Sorry, Hove. Sorry, Luda, Pink Juice, whoever you want to throw out there, Nas, whoever. Um, I'm going to say Eminem was 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 the MVP. Even though I can say 50 Cent. Well, that's a different story for a different day. But let's, see, let's go ahead, man. All right, watch. We're going to go ahead, man. Eminem show, first drink out the gate. Um, white America, man. And let me say, this song aged well, like fine wine to me. Um, the intro with him talking was ill to me. Um, Congress telling me I ain't causing nothing but problems. And now they saying I'm in trouble with the government. I'm loving it. I shovel shit all my life. Um, and with all the things we've been going through, with just last year and stuff with, you know, Donald Trump, the Trump era, Capitol Hill situation, everything, watch. Um, this is a very powerful hook. White America, I could be one of your kids. White America, little Eric looks just like this. White America, Erica loves my ish. I go to TRL, look how many hugs I get. I thought the second verse was very interesting, Watts. 
for the people that call Eminem a culture vulture. And, and when he says stuff like, look at these eyes, baby blue, baby just like yourself, if they were brown, Shady lose. Shady sits on the shelf, but Shady's cute. Shady's new. Shady's dimples would help. Like, he's letting you know that if he was black, he would not be getting the love. And if you're writing bars like that, that tells me that he's conscious enough to know that if he's just brown skin like me and Watson, he probably it just it's just telling to him say that in two thousand two. Um yeah, man, three verses of, of dope rhyming man. Um when I was underground, no one gave a F. I was white, no labels wanted to sign me, almost gave up. I was like F it until I met Dre, the only one to look past, gave me a chance. I think this song was ahead of his time, Watts, man. And they should play this song during protests, in my opinion. But watch, man, I love White America. Five mic song, in my opinion, my brother. Um, Can you highlight how many verses this song had, three? Three verses, man, and that's going to be the tail of the tape when you, as you and I talk about this album. White America is one of Eminem's greatest songs. It's one of the greatest songs Eminem ever wrote. And the reason why he had to write this song is because his level of popularity was so big that they started becoming talking that, oh, he's only this popular because he's white. You highlighted earlier when he said this, when I was underground, no one gave a F I was white, no label one to sign me, almost gave up, I was light, F it until I met Dre, the only one to look past, gave me a chance, and I lit a fire up under his ass. Helped him get back to the top. And that was a very important thing Eminem said. Because Eminem is saying, yeah, wait a minute, y'all. I am the number one rapper, and I'm the biggest rapper. But I also helped Dr. Dre. Did you have a problem with him saying, I helped Dre get back to the top? Every fan black that I got was probably his in exchange for every That's white fan that he got. Like, damn, we just slapped. Was that not ill, the way he illustrated and broke that down? Yes. Dope. Facts. M second verse, like you said, illustrated how he acknowledged his white privilege, but it also stated how he brought white fans to Dre who might not listen to hip-hop, which is true. This is a great song. This is a five-mic song. This is a song that has three verses, and this song is also produced by Eminem. I want us to highlight the fact Dr. Dre only produced three songs on this album. Right. So for people who are on some, and can't make it without Dre or without nothing, because I remember there were some people trying to say that, well, this is an album he clearly shows he can handle on his own if he wanted to. Wow. Uh, So we're both in agreement. I got this song as a five-mic song, man, out the gate, man. Um, Next song, Watts Business. Um, M's first lyrics on this song, Out the Gate, you about to witness hip-hop in its most purest, more rawest form, flow almost flawless, most hardest, most honest, known artist, chip off the old block. Like, that's rapping to me out the gate when you go into it. And, and, and that's not like, when I went back to listen to this album, man, it, it really showed me how much love Eminem has for the culture. And you know, I always highlight dudes that we feel that are hip-hop guys. Eminem, the Fat Joes of the world, like those guys, right? And this is just 
and let me say this also, Eminem's wordplay is top five in hip-hop history. The, for that man to take one word and just keep running with, running with bar after bar is crazy to me, man. And rapping again for three verses, this is crazy to me. MCs don't see me. Believe me, BET and MTV are going to grieve when we leave. Dog for sheezy, can't leave rapper alone. The game needs me till we go bears. Like, his rapping, man, is just flawless, in my opinion, man. I do like this song, Business Watch. Talk to you. Uh, I strongly agree with you. This is a Dr. Dre produced song. Dope Dr. Dre production on this. Uh Eminem's wordplay, delivery, and lyricism on this Crazy. is five mics. Would you agree that it's five mic lyrics? Yes. Okay, yes. so we're back. So, so it's back to back. He sets the album off with two five mics, two five mic songs. Are we? Can we say that? Yes, I would. I would say five mics. Okay. On, on bars alone, yes. On lyrics alone, yes. Oh, on Definitely. bars alone. On bars alone. Yes. Uh, how many verses on this song? Three verses again? Three verses again, man. Three verses. Three verses, verse man. So a lot of writing, a lot of hip-hop, a lot of lyricism. You know, I don't want to hear nobody come and talk about they like G-Rap, they like Rakim, they like Black Thought, and then say, I don't have the right to put Eminem's name with them. Eminem has every right to be in the same lyrical stratosphere as Rakim, as Coogee Rap. He's that kind of MC. Absolutely. And and mind you, this is like his fourth album, if we're counting Infinite, right? So it's not like he had to just go so deep with the pen. Another incredible song to set it off. Or um, next song, Watts, Cleaning Out My Closet, one of the singles off the Eminem show. I know people, some people, and our people especially, black, a lot of black folks that had issues about this song when, when his first song came out. I remember having conversations with people about this song. Um, but you got to really listen to his lyrics and the stuff that he says, y'all, before y'all say that, though, man. But to a degree, I can understand that. But you have to, I mean, he's given us his truth, whether you don't like it or not. I, and that's one thing I respect about dudes like M um, or Joe Budden, I even think of the battle rapper, Matt Hoffa. We've seen these guys grow, and they put their life on the line, and we've seen them grow as as, as people. We know about Eminem, Haley, and, and stuff like that. Have you ever been hated or discriminated against? I have. I've been protested and demonstrated against. Picket signs for my wicked rhymes. Look at the times. Sick is my mind of this mother effing kid that's behind. All this all commotion, emotions, when deep as oceans explode, like, yo, this dude is just phenomenal with the pen, man. And Haley's getting so big now. You should see her. She's beautiful. But you never see her. She won't even be at your funeral. That was kind of harsh, Em. That was kind of, you know, very emotional song by Eminem, man. And I'm going to use the first word of the night. I haven't said this yet. Introspective Eminem. Yeah, I'm going introspective Eminem here, man. Um, Will Smith might have had a song called Parents Just Don't Understand. But this is two totally different vibes. Um, I would never diss my own mama just to get recognition. Take a second to listen who you think this record is dissing. But put yourself in my position. Just try to envision witnessing your mama popping prescription pills in the kitchen. Wow. Yeah, man, this song is deep, man. Talk to me, Watts. Clean out my closet. 
Cleaning Out My Closet, one of Eminem's most favorite songs, commercially released. You all know the famous video where you just see him digging a grave. Of course, the first thing that pops into my head is introspection. But I want to bring it back to people who claim they listen to hip-hop and they're quote-unquote hip-hop heads. This is introspection before mood music. So if you're a, a fan of the mood music series or you're a fan of introspection, yeah, this is deep introspection, like you said, of M telling his truth. Three verses of rapping from his heart. This is one of those songs where DJ Envy tries to get real lazy and say, uh, I, I never really liked Eminem because I couldn't relate to what he was talking about. It's just Eminem's entire discography comes down to cleaning out my closet. One of his most famous successful songs. As if, you know how I'm going to judge Eminem? I'm going to judge him by this one song. If that's the case, let me judge uh, Joe Budden by Pump It Up to it. If that's what we on. If we take one song and we're going to try to judge an MC. This is another <laughs> incredible song. Great writing. Three verses of writing. Hey, all you guys who have your favorite quote-unquote lyricists, we reviewed most of their albums last year, and they were not giving us three verses of rapping. Now, right. my, question to them right. is, my question to them is, are you running out of material to rap about? Is it too much rapping? Is too much rapping too much for you quote-unquote lyricists, guys? Because clearly it wasn't too much for M. This is another home run song on this album. Um, next song, Watts. Um, Square Dance. Um, I can't say this is one of my favorite M songs on this project, but the rhyming again, he, the fact that Eminem can rap, and whether I might not, I might not like the beat or the hook, but once again, if we're just talking about just rapping, and we're just talking about emceeing a rapper, Eminem is that man, not even on my radar. So won't you please jump off my layoff and stay off and follow me as I put these crayons to chaos from seance to seance like i thought his second verse on here was crazy though man when he goes into the um ambush the talks about the bush administration and everything like that um this white hot light that i'm under no wonder i look so sunburnt oh no i won't leave no stone unturned oh no i won't leave won't go nowhere do see do oh yo oh hello there yo he's yo he spoke about anthrax, remember the, the, the big phenom about anthrax and everything, the anthrax era. Um, three verses again, man. This song is five minutes long, man. It was given a song like 448, 442, 503. Yeah, man. Um, Square Dance, watch. Talk to me. Square Dance is one of my favorite Eminem songs of all time. I want to be very clear when I say this. Square Dance by Eminem is one of my favorite Eminem song of all time. I thought this was a head nod, boom bap song. Where your head is nodding, the beat is a boom bap song, and Eminem is rapping, rapping. You highlighted one that second verse when he was like, oh, no, don't think I won't go there. Go to Beirut and do a show there. Like, it's not. It's the lyricism. It's what he's saying. It's the impact of the lyricism. Um, of course, he dissed cannabis in the first verse. You know what I'm saying? Yes. He dissed cannabis yes. again throughout this album. He dissed. 
So, you know, I used to buy these mixtapes from this guy called 50 Cent. You know, all he was doing was street music. And man, oh, man, one of his greatest hip-hop songs that he did in those streets was Soldier. So clearly somebody from the streets was listening to it. The whole notion that black people in the hood wasn't playing Eminem is a lie. It's a vicious lie. It's a racist lie. It's a lie that is fake as Donald Trump saying he won the election when you know he lost, but Donald Trump keeps saying it. That's how every hip-hop person sounds when they say black people in the hood playing Eminem. It's a lie. This illustration of how a lie that is. This is a fire song, a super song, man. Much props to Eminem for this song. Yeah. Um, next song, Say Goodbye Hollywood. I'm going to say this, man. I thought this was one of the most underrated songs on this project, man. Um, this is basically a good breakup song, uh, fighting demons on being a father, him talking to his fans, um, his first verse talking about Kim, um, knowing damn well she wasn't going to be there when I fell to catch me the minute shit was heated. She just bailed. I'm standing here swinging like 30 people by myself. Um, did I, I like this song, man. Did you Did you like him? I started. I like how he started off his second verse, man. I know. Wait, I thought about you. Part of me when he did his second verse, when he said, um, "Bury my face in comic books." You and Mickey Facts. When he said that line right there, um, I thought the second verse talked about not wanting to fall into the same footsteps as his pops. Um, three verses from M Man. This third verse when he said, "If I can go back, I would never. I, I never would rap." I sold my soul to the devil. I never get it back. Ugh. That's not like some whole the evil type lyrics right there. But yeah, talk, talk to me, Watts. Um, say goodbye, Hollywood. I'm surprised you didn't use the famous word for this song. Introspection. This is another introspective M song. This is another introspective M song. Anytime he talks about his mother, his father, or raising his daughter, that's introspection. Now, a lot of white, a lot of black rappers are like, I can't listen to Eminem because I just don't relate to him. Well, man, I guess everybody lives perfect lives. You know what I'm saying? The dude's talking about raising his daughter. He's talking about not having a father figure. I grew up without my pops. Does that make me bitter? Pops died, didn't cry, didn't know him that well. So when black guys talk about they don't have their father, y'all can relate to it. Gimmicks. Um, Obi Trice sets it off talking about 
getting vagina juices on his penis paws. Telling a story about going raw dog with a shorty. Uh, pubic hair is looking like some sour cream dip. Ouch, Hobie. This song is basically like a sex head song. Um, obviously, in my opinion, M had the standout verse. Talking about going to the clinic, sticking it in a hearse. Jesus, I don't believe this bitch works at the cleanest, bringing me home diseases, swinging from Obi's penis. Yeah, this is not a song I play on a regular, though, but this is just a creative song. But it's a real song because it's happening, let's be real, it's just, it happens in real life. So, uh, it's, unfortunately, uh, talk to me, watch Drips, featuring Obi Trice, man. Obi Trice sets it off about banging. Obi Trice sets it off for banging beat. Both MCs rap about the perils of war, dog, unprotected sex. As you know, the name of the song is Drips, so they're going in on women. Now my question is, once again to everybody, so what is it you guys don't like hearing? Because you guys definitely listen to guys' rap songs where they diss women. Hey, fake Coogee Rap fans out there, when Coogee Rap did talk like sex, Mr. Mr. F you man, or when Ghostface Killer did Wildflower, where he went off on females, Y'all understood that. Y'all wow, wow. <laughs> you sneaky <laughs> fuck, bitch. <laughs> I fucked you while you eating. How you doing? The malls. Yeah, go fuck that shit. Here go M and, and OB Trice going in on females, talking about the opposite sex, doing what's completely accepted and normalized in hip hop. That's what this song is. And they talking about the ramifications of going raw dog trips. Tom, right. I got to introduce Right. We try real name, no gimmicks. No gimmicks. Right. Um, next song, Watts, Without Me. Um, this was never my song, but this is like one of the first singles off this project. But just on bars alone, again, I got to say, just on rapping, man, if you eliminate the video and know M's first singles, sometimes I'm like the craziest, but he's still rapping, though. That's the wild thing about M, man. I created a monster because nobody wants to see Marshall no more. They want shady. I'm chopped liver. Wow, that's very deep, man. Um, so the STC won't let me be or let me be me. So let me see. They try to shut down on MTV. That way where I play is phenomenal, man. Jesus, Lord. Uh, talk to me, Watts, without me, man. One of the first singles off the Eminem show, my G. Because I call myself the hip-hop historian, this song sets off with, Two chiller park girls go around the outside, around the outside, around the outside. So what does that mean to an old head person like me? Well, Emma's paying homage to hip-hop with this opening. Because there was an early hip-hop song called Buffalo Gal by a guy named Malcolm McLaren. And he was going, two fuck around the outside. And that was, it was a hip-hop song. It was a big deal. Brett Hansen, you can... Go to YouTube, watch the video, so you can see where Eminem got his inspiration for the hook on that song. Like Three said, this was his first single. He always did these funny, comical first singles. Later on, we found out Jimmy Iovine demanded that he get this, you know, radio-friendly, commercial-appealing single. He wouldn't let Eminem put out an album unless Eminem had these kind of songs on there. But like you highlighted, it was still three verses of rapping. It was still dope wordplay. It was still dope delivery, and it was a successful song. Very, very much a successful M, song. M also, M also body bagged this artist called Moby. 
he body bagged him in his third he verse. Did. Let me tell you he something did. else Eminem did in this song that could never, ever be done in today's music. He used a lot of homophobic slurs that would be impossible to yes. use today. Especially you can't get that off no more. You off. cannot get that off. <laughs> you can't. The what, he was getting, what he was saying on that third verse against Moby, there's yes. no way any rapper could rap like that in today's music. You can't get it off. Um, nah, you can't right. get it off. Nah, ain't happening. Um, next song, Watts Sing. For the moment, first thing that comes to my brain, Watts, is very introspective song, very okay. lyrics on his mm-hmm. joint, um, talking black brainwash from rock to rap. Like, think about it. Talking black brainwash from rock to rap. He sagged his pants, do-rags, and a stocking cap. His stepfather hits him. So he socked him back and broke his nose. His horse is a broken home. His house is a broken home. There's no control. He just let his emotions go. Like, dog, he's really, man. And the second verse to me is very dope and telling, man. Yet everybody just feels like they can relate. I guess words are a mother effort. They can be great or they can degrade or even worse, they can teach hate. It's like these kids hang on every single statement we make. That is dope rapping to me, man. Then M's third verse, when he's basically talking about music, man, they say music can alter moods, and that's so real, and talk to you. Well, can it load a gun up for you and lock it too? Well, if it can, then the next time you, uh, you assault a dude, just tell the judge it was my fault and I'll get sued. M's third verse is five mic material, man. And talking why, as rappers, you know, they protect themselves with firearms. Um, put, what's that? Put music is a reflection of itself. We just explain it, and then we get our checks in the mail. Like, three dope verses from Eminem, man. I'm not going to lie, man. Sing for the Moment is a very, 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 very dope song, man. Um, talk to me, Watts. Love this song, man. I ain't gonna front. Love Sing for the Moment. Sing for a moment. Sing for the moment. The Aerosmith, Steven Tyler Hook. Yes, the same Aerosmith guy who did Walk This Way with Run DMC. For people who may not know who he is. But because they know nothing about Eminem and everything he does is white boy stuff. So they might be like, who's this guy? He's thing for a moment. It's the guy from Walk This Way with Run DMC, but then again, I never hear you guys talk about Run DMC as a hip-hop group, so maybe y'all don't know who they are. This song is introspection at its finest. This is pain rap. Emma's talking about real stuff that's going on in his life. If you watch the video, it shows him on tour. It shows you how the trappings of success. Um... Just, just to give you a hint of how complicated, how incredible these lyrics are, Joe Budden did this song over. He called Facts. it just, you can, you can, you can YouTube, sing Facts. for a moment, Joe Budden, and listen to how he's rapping, and then compare it to mm-hmm. how Eminem rapped on this. So you can really get an understanding of how advanced and great a lyricist Eminem is. Another powerful introspective song. But, hey, 
All M does is talk about killing his mother, right, Three? That's what I've been hearing. <laughs> he only talks about killing his mother. So, I mean, may, maybe me and you are reviewing a different album. Oh, <laughs> uh, next song, my G. Superman. Um, not to go back in my 1980s, early 90s bag, late 80s, early 90s bag, Karen White had a song called Superwoman. Um, this is Eminem's version of that to me. I'm sorry. That's, that's my brain went to that watch. Um, a nice breakup song. Um, I wish Drake would make songs like this where he's not simping all the time. Um, you know, Drake makes songs simping and Eminem makes songs about breakups and everything. But I, I do like Eminem's girl songs. I think that's very slept on. Like, you know, we talk about LL, the Ja Rules of the song, Drake's of the World. Uh, Eminem's girl songs are funny, too. And, 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 in a weird way, sometimes it's funny. Um, love the flow from M on his song. On oh, his flow on his song is crazy, man. Three verses of M telling Shorty Peace Watts, basically, man. Talk to me, man. Superman, Eminem. I'm not. Su- I'm not just Superman. Three verses of Eminem in our relationship, spazzing on women. M is basically saying that he ain't Clark Kent. He ain't saving them. So. I mean, it may sound easier if you say, we don't love them hoes. And to you, oh, that's it? But I guess M's way of doing it with lyricism, three verses, that he can take a topic and just write one verse, then write another verse, then write another verse. Let me be clear. Every song that M is doing three verses on is so impressive to me because I love rapping. I love the ability to rap. I love the fact that he loves to rap. He is showing it on this Superman song. Word. Next song, watch Haley's song. Now, come on, son. We know since the Slim Shady LP about Evan's daughter, Haley, Bonnie, Clyde, yada, yada, yada. Um, the melodic side of Marshall singing to his daughter on the first two verses. And then the third verse is when he actually starts rapping. I like M third verse a lot. To him, rap about his daughter in a dope way, man. We've seen this from M. So when he's making songs about Haley, you and I are not surprised. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, Haley's song, man. Talk to me, brother. This is introspection. Is that Can I use that word on this song? Does that, word, does that apply to, to the Most only definitely. verse on? Does that apply? Most definitely. This is a description, deep song. M sets it off. He raps about the love of his daughter. When M rap on the third verse, five mic verse to me. I think it is amazing the way he raps it. I think he goes into detail about his toxic relationship with his baby mother. He went into detail about that. Now, can anybody relate to that? Or is that just some white people shit? Let of me know. Course. White people of shit. Course. Not, okay. Okay. I challenge any MC to phone on M's verse about his relationship and if they can relate. It's that simple. I want you to say I heard simple. that. You listen. I just couldn't You don't gotta to be it, white, black. Great. You don't gotta be white, black, Latino, Asian, Indian descent, Caribbean, Jewish, Russian. I don't care who you are. What descent are you from? Any man can relate to Eminem's third verse, man. I'm sorry. As a man, as a father, as as a husband, as as a baby daddy, whatever you want to call it, 
you can't say you don't you've never seen that story and painting that picture. It's just real life, real talk. You know, we always talk about real talk. No, that's real talk to me, Watts. This is real talk. Agreed. Um, next song, Watts, when the music stops featuring D twelve. Um M sets it off. I, I gotta be honest, I thought M had the best verse. Um, this ain't rap. This is crazy. The way we act when we confuse hip hop with real life when the music stops. Uh, I know McVay had the second verse. It was okay. Um, I can't say for a posse cut. Do I have this with Blam Blam and Eastern Conference All Stars and Headbanger and Scenario and all that stuff? But you know he's gonna do joints. Listen, we know M. One thing about M, man, he's always showed his crew and Detroit people. Love, you know what I mean? That's one thing. We talk about 50 doing that with G-Unit. We talk about Ross and Meek and Wale and all this other stuff, RZA with the woo and everything and uh, uh, and things of that nature. But this is not one of my favorite songs. So but it's not whack, though, either. Let me just say it else. It's not whack. But for collaboration songs and songs that you and I love, talking about collaboration songs, you and I have never talked about this song. So that's all I got, Watson. Um, I agree with you. M clearly had the best verse when he sets this off. I do like the beat. I thought everybody on the Dirty Dozen, a.k.a. D12, spit uh, dope verses. It was good for me to revisit this to listen to Proof Rap. I was always, and I always enjoyed Proof Rapping. But here's something I wanted to, to hit people with. You know, one of the critiques about Eminem is, yo, Eminem rap about crazy weird stuff that I'd never heard before. So my question is, so you guys never listen to Bizarre Rap? Bazaar be saying some bugged out stuff. LL told me to Word. rock the bells. NW said, F the police, now I'm in jail. 93 strictly R&B. F listening to Jodeci. Michael Jackson, who gonna tell me I ain't Mike? Ass cheeks painted white. F and Priscilla tonight. Flying down sunset, smoking crack. Transvestite in front. Like, he said some wild bug stuff. And he's from Detroit. And it's bizarre. But for whatever the reason is, all of that gets put on M. And black MCs, they just rap about the streets or the hardcore or the appeal. It's just a real disingenuous take but, on anybody who talks about Eminem. And, it's, and, 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 and I don't but, respect it. And let me piggyback on what you said. I totally agree with everything you just said. Watts, come on, man. You and I have listened to the Grave Diggers. We know about the Flatliners. When Cameron first popped off with the Confession songs, we talking about pissing in his grandfather's orange juice and asking him if it's tangy when he's angry. Like, so we've seen dudes, our color of people, say some outlandish, wild-ish, big some wild stuff, too. And Cam's album, Confessions of a Fire, he's on there looking like a male stripper, super yes. paws on that album cover. Like, he gets a complete pass for that, right? Like, come on, B. Y'all are what being a, very selective. Yes, listen, R.I.P. Old Dirty Bastard, but I challenge anybody to go to Old Dirty Bastard's first album and listen to Rawhide with Method Man and Ray Kwan when he's talking about pissing in, in, in what, Wicked Woman putting period blood in stew. And if I'm saying that, somebody say that, Wicked Woman putting period blood in stew. We've always heard wild, crazy lyrics where we're like, come on. So I and Watson is right. I think we, we, we pick and choose when we decided to go in that bag and be like, oh, my God. And because of the pigmentation of, of M's color, of his color, 
he gets ridiculed for that. So, you know, it is. Man. Um, next song, watch Say What You Say, featuring Dr. Dre. Once again, I like Angry Eminem. Um, let's be clear. Why I want to highlight why this song is so dope for me, man. Eminem is in his ghost writing bag. Let's be, come on, comment, boys. You're not going to tell me that Dre wrote this verse. You know, we're, we're not buying that here on PSA Hip Hop. Eminem damn sure wrote, wrote this whole song and told Dre, you're going to say this and say that, first of all. I'm giving credit to Marshall on that. Um, Dr. Dre taking a shot at Jermaine Dupree, or you can say Eminem taking a shot at Jermaine Dupree. Um, Eminem's second verse, again, Watson talked about it earlier. Him taking a shot of cannabis. He took a shot of cannabis again on this particular joint. And then you got Em and Dre going back on the Jada and Styles, man. Uh, talk to me, Watts. Say what you say. Not say what you say, like um, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson on the Thriller album. But you know what I mean, brother. Talk to me. No, say, 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 Dre went ham on Jermaine Dupree. Or should I say Eminem's pen went ham on yes. Jermaine Dupree? <laughs> yes. This cannabis again. M and Dre going back and forth. Like, did I lose you guys? Okay. He went back and forth. Like, now y'all know who I'm talking about. He went back and forth. Like Jaden Style. They went back and forth. Like Ray and Ghost. Y'all get it now? Dre was doing a lot of rapping on here. Dr. Dre was doing a lot of rapping. Dre produced this song. This song yes, got a lot of hood play. <clears throat> this is another one of those songs where, man, it's making God say black people in the hood don't listen to Eminem. Y'all listen to All the mixtapes was taking this song early. They was like, oh, this is a controversial song on Eminem's album. He's dissing Dr. Dre. is dissing Jermaine Dupree. And so a lot of street hood mixtapes put this song on there. But let me guess, all you guys who was getting mixtapes back then never heard it. Okay, well, hopefully y'all hear it now that me and are telling you and visiting this album. You should listen to this song and you will hear uh, Eminem and Dre go back and forth. Dope song. This is a lot of writing for, for Eminem. I mean, <laughs> Word. lots of writing. Man, I really give him for how, he, how his pen was bleeding on the, on the paper for this one. Um, next song, watch Till I Collapse, featuring Nate Dogg. R.I.P. Nate Dogg. Um, can't lie, when I hear this beat, though, the first person that comes to my mind is 50 Cent Unit. I'm sorry, man. How uh, they got on this beat, and did they want two on this track also, man. Now, in this particular song, M shots out a bunch of rappers that you and I talk about numerous times on this show. We've done appreciations for a lot of these people, spoke about these people. Um, he does name dropping, and you and I do love name dropping in hip hop. We do. Shout out the game real quick. Um, he goes Reggie, who's who's Watson's number one rapper in the '90s. Um, so it gets Reggie, Jay Z, Tupac, and Biggie, Andre from Outkast. Let me just say this: M. The only problem I have with that, and I like three stack like the next guy. I just don't. And I've said this numerous times to Watson. I've said this numerous times on this show. What does that say about Big Boy? Like, y'all just be single-handedly treating Big Boy like he's a second-class citizen in hip-hop. Y'all do that to Havoc. Y'all do that to a lot of people that be in, in groups, man. 
And it, it just bothers me. But okay, um, he said Jay the Corrupt was good, and then me. Um, I rap like I'm addicted to smack, like the like I'm Kim Mathers. Uh, three verses from M that are fire. Watch. Uh, talk to me, man. Till I collapse, brother. First of all, R.P. Nate Dog. We're gonna give Nate Dog credit for just an amazing hook. <laughs> when M doesn't do it, my hook. He let Nate Dog do the hook, and Nate Dog did a absolute phenomenal job. Like you said, the reason why when we hear this song, we think Fifty Cent, because in two thousand two, when the streets, when the hood was playing all this genius music. Now, his you would have had to have the Eminem album or have heard the Eminem album to know 57 rapping over till I collapse, right? That's a fact. Right. So that means that we had the album. Black people from the hood had Eminem's album. Once again, another fake news lie that black people just did not buy Eminem's album or listen to it. Um, I want to ask you about his list. You read all okay. the names on his list. You read off the names of his list. Eminem has recently done two um, interviews where he really did a deep dive into his love of cassette tape era. He did one with Crooked mm-hmm. Eye. He did one with your okay, favorite no. interview. He did one with your favorite interview with Sing. No. <laughs> and, and, he, and he always talks about an MC from Chilltown, from yes. East Orange, New Jersey. Trash. He didn't make the roster. He did not make so, the roster. What's up, M? Is that what we're doing? Why? So, he didn't make the roster? So, so I'm always curious. Like, the one thing I would always love to ask Eminem, because nobody else will ask him that. Nobody will ask him that. Is on your song "Till I Collapse," you named all these MCs that impacted you and had a big that you really liked, but you did not say Tretch. And it's just curious. Why did you leave Tretch out? Just, just curious because it's a back and forth talk. You know what I'm saying? He's not gonna get offended by it because he's like, you know what you're right. Because I keep talking about Tretch every time I talk about hip hop in the '90s. So when I wrote "Till I Collapse," how come I didn't think Tretch? So that's all. That's just a curious question. By the way, this is one of the best songs on the album. This is one of Eminem's yes. all-time greatest songs. Uh, uh, there can be no debate about Eminem as an MC based on this song. This is one of those songs, nope. if I want to shut somebody up, and people like, he's just weird. He raps with Kenya's mother and stuff. Let me just say this. Eminem's third verse dropped now. Third verse on the song, he can drop it right now, and it answers Every single criticism that everybody's debating about Eminem right now, his third verse on this song addresses that. Five Mike Super Song, Source Verse of the Month song. Agree. Um, next next song, watch. My dad's gone crazy. Um, not one of my favorite songs. I do like Haley on the hook though. Um, I don't like the beat too much. But I, this song is I man. It's not my go-to song. Watch, you know what I'm saying? It's not gonna make my, it's not gonna make three's playlist on the Eminem um, discography of joints. So you know what I mean? Uh, talk to me, watch. This is a this is a Dr. Dre beat. 
and I'm going to be very clear when I say this. This is a doctor. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Say it again. Say it again. M, can you hear me? Yeah, you good now. You good now. Say it again. M, this Dre produced it. Three mm-hmm. verses. I think this is. I think this is Dr. Dre's best beat on the album. He only gave him three beats. I think this is the best yeah, this, produced song I would agree that. that he gave I would agree. to Eminem. I'm also saying out of, that out of the three, yes, out of the three, I would say yeah. this one. I, I would agree with that. Yes. Yes, and I think this is the best beat. And you know what I was thinking? I said if M decided to go in a different direction with this song, it could have been one of the best songs on the album. It could have been like a Till I Collapse song. But instead he took it and wanted to just do something creative, put his daughter on it, and just give you three verses of him spazzing out. But I will give it A for creativity. Who put his daughter on it? For taking a great Dre beat and doing something mm-hmm. creative. It is not one of my favorite songs. It's not one of my go-to songs, but I don't have anything negative. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Nothing bad to say. It's just not one of my favorite songs. Sam, when you got your daughter on the hook, I can't say nothing bad. I have nothing bad to say. You know what I'm saying? Young Haley on the hook, man. You know what I'm saying? Young Chop on the beat, you got Young Haley on the hook. I'm not going to Disrespect her there, yeah. Uh, Watts, I'm going here, though. Um, after further review, Watts, I'm giving this project four and a half mics. And I know people say, well, they have to just give it five. I'm giving it a half, though. Um, I think for M, to highlight the three verses, a big thing for me. And I know Watts was talking about that earlier. It's a very big thing for me when you're dropping three verses of, of dope-ish. It kind of remembers of when me and Watson had did the Biggie Smalls Ready to Die and we actually revisited that project and hearing big three verses on, on, on mad joints and they were just all crazy and you didn't know if verse one was better than verse two. Verse two is better than verse one. And that's almost the same conversation I'm having with M on this particular project. Um, the guest appearances were straight to me at D12. I, I obviously, like Watt said, proof. Hearing proof is dope to hear proof. Obviously, RIP proof. Um. Yeah, but I'm going. I'm going four and a half though. Definitely going four and a half though. Strong four and a half. When we did the Eminem was the Eminem show. As I listened to it to review it, I thought about my mindset thousand two and how I to listen to this album. And I really, really love this album. My favorite Eminem album. I absolutely unequivocally believe it's a classic. I absolutely unequivocally, if I'm working at the source, I'm giving this five mics. Um, everybody's going to be around the table, so everybody's going to give their version. But I believe if I'm at what's working and we're doing mics, I'm going to be able to make my case why this is a five mic album. That's what it is, man. Eminem, the Eminem show, our first Eminem show we actually revisited. I don't know why it took us so long to do it, but hey, it is what it is, man. All right, watch. Well, that's some hip hop talk, man. Um, a lot of conversations in hip hop sometimes is the age of guys that enter the hip hop era, where the young prodigy, no pun intended, um, young prodigy, not prodigy from Marv Deep, R.I.P. Prodigy, um, Albert Einstein. I'm specifically talking about age 
um, age groups in hip-hop, when you're a young guy coming into the culture and we're looking at you as a young MC, you are the young boy in the block that's rapping, you are not 25 years old just getting your deal, you're not 20 year, 28 years old getting your first album off, off, off and rocking, you weren't sitting on the shelf for a long time, you were now on the sidelines watching the older guards get they want to on in the culture. For whatever reason, you were able to get a deal. For whatever reason, you were able to spark attention into the hip-hop culture. And we always hear people say, well, this person at this age, the NBA young boys of the world, um, illegal. Um, most mob deep when they were doing um, juvenile's hell. And obviously, you and I will talk about them in a second. Nas Escobar, another guy. But there's a guy that I want to talk about. Obviously, we're not doing appreciation for this gentleman, and we'll get into other people also. But I want to highlight one guy first when I think of a young guy coming into the game and really grabbing the culture by the throat and making a noise where he was well noticeable. I'm going to go to Brooklyn right quick. I'm going to Flatbush Ave. I'm going to Rasmus Hall and Tilden. Can I make the argument that Eddie Archer – Cooley boy, Jamaican Cooley, Eddie Archer, special ed, at 16 years old, when I Got It Made came out, you and I were extra lit, and the whole city and the whole borough was lit off that song, sir. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in perspective to how ill special ed was. Special ed is the same age as ed. So I'll let that breathe for a minute. Special Ed is the same age as Eminem, but yet his album came out 10 years before Eminem's first album. 10 years. What he was doing when M was a teenager, Special Ed was putting out I Got It Made. Special Ed was, um, I think people forget because they, they look at people like Soldier Boy, he was 16. NBA young boy, you get you get these young people coming out. People forget Foxy Brown was sixteen when she came out, B. She was sixteen years old. With that flow, wow. with that delivery. Word. You know what I'm talking Word. And Yo, um, Foxy was mad young and probably had one of my favorite verses on that goddamn song. LL and all that. I shot your remix and all that. That's crazy. absolutely absolutely. So one of the things that people don't realize about hip hop that a lot of your favorite artists, when they started, they were teenagers. They were mm-hmm. in their 20s. Yep. So on one of Prodigy's greatest songs, he says, I'm only 19, but my mind is older. But my mind is old. But that was, but, and, and that's on one of his greatest songs ever. He wasn't even 20 years old yet. He was two years younger than NBA Youngboy. You know, resident superstar of hip-hop right now, NBA Youngboy, mm-hmm. when Prodigy broke shook one. He was 19. No disrespect to NBA young boy. You don't got no song better than Shook Ones. That's all I had talking. <laughs> it was all I had. NBA young boy got better than than Shook Ones. Shut up, dummies. You dumb dummies. No, he don't. I'm saying that my chest out. Um, and listen, but yeah. listen, hold on. I'm, I'm going to say this, though. I think special ed, when they go into the bag of young guys coming out, I'm going to say this, man. In 1989, going back to 89, yes, 1989, I would say I love MC Light, Paul Georgie and everything, Watts, but 
I don't know. I can make the argument that I got it made, and I think we spoke about this. If y'all have not listened to me and watching um, top rappers in the 80s, especially that was in that conversation, let's be clear on that. I don't remember what with the ranking we had it on there, but we definitely gave him his flowers on that show. Um, let's be real. Rick Ross did a song called I'm the Magnificent in this in 2000, in the 2000 era. And that song was, was a, a break-off of Special Ed's song, I'm the Magnificent. For all you people that's not really up on Special Ed, like me and Watson are, and the only song you might know is just I Got It Made for Watts. Saxon, I'm the Magnificent. Think about it. Think about it. Rock Kim's voice sample. I love Think About It. The Bush, when he's talking about Flatbush, Fly MC. Your dog, this album at 60 years old, I can make the argument is a four mic, four and a half mic project, son. At 60 years old. How big, how, I you think, think I got it made with one of the MVP songs in 89? Uh, I'm going to take it here. I got it made, table, with any hip-hop song to come out in 1989. You want me to take it a step further? Mm. It's as good as the DC song. I got mm. it. It's the DLC song. I, I know people in the West Coast. Oh, no, 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 no. No way. No way. DLC's song nah, is better than that, I got sir. it. That's not just a DLC. Not to not me, it wasn't. Not to me, it wasn't. I Got It Made is a hip-hop all-time classic song. This man was at the table with Rakim, with Kane. Yes. With Coochie yes. Back, with Chuck yes. D. They was all about yes. this. They was all dropping their debut or second album during this era. And Special Ed came out and was immediately on the first team. Not the second team, not coming off the bench. He immediately impacted where everybody was rocking out to him. Like, I don't even remember. Listen, and all those rappers you talking about, they knew how big I got it made when they heard that song. They're like, okay, the young boy got something here. He got something right. They knew that. G-Rap, Kane, Chris, they all knew that. No, this young boy, I got it. Him, big. All of them. All that, of them. All of them. It, it's like he came out the gate averaging 30 in his rookie year. There was <laughs> nobody <laughs> working on special. Like, I'm, I'm taking y'all back. Hey, young boys, ask your OGs. You know, you're like, y'all call it yes. my unk and OG. Ask your unks and OGs about special ed album when it came out. And if it had yes. any impact. Because mm-hmm. it had a lot. You know what I'm saying? And that's to do to me. I think history just uh, erases him. And this one was crazy. He got two super ill albums. Like, he has back-to-back four mic yes. albums. With the mission and everything. And yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Illegal. The legal, the legal album, yeah. Like, for example, y'all hear Eminem, right? Eminem keep going on, oh, man, trash and lock him to bath. Yeah, you can't compare lock him to bath to the rest of the land. You serious? No, nah, you can't do that. Like talking okay, about him, but no, Special Ed had a big, big impact in hip hop, man. Facts, facts, y'all need, facts. Y'all need, facts. Y'all, need, y'all, need, y'all need some PSA boys from Brooklyn to remind y'all about Special Ed. <laughs> listen, and listen, I'm gonna take something you said to me off air, and Watson said this to me off air. Like, if you go back to the movie Juice, y'all, and for Special Ed. To be in that movie and me and Watson at that time seeing that, dog, he didn't see, for us to see that, that was big. So think about it. Tupac is in this movie. Omar Epps. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Steal all these Latifa, but Eddie talking to Shorty in the whip, and, and that being um, Q, wasn't that Q's um, baby mom's special that scooping up in the whip? That was big, yes. son. That was so big for the culture of hip-hop to see that and visualize that in the movie theater, son. Come on, son. Wilder right now. I was big. And it was big, man. It was big. It's big. Like you said, 30 at the game. Um, big. This is what I don't think people understand. Juice came out in 1992. Right? It came out in 1992. Special Ed's first album came out in 89. The fact that he came out that car, when he came out that car in Harlem, and everybody was like, oh, like it was a. Like everybody in the movie theater was like shouting, "Oh, like, you know the battle rap." I can, let me make it so you battle rap niggas understand. You know when it's an L line of battle rap and everybody goes, "Oh," and hold stop, stop, stop. That was the reaction when everybody saw yeah. Ed because everybody, you all special Ed. It was a big deal. Yep. That's what I'm trying to explain to y'all, man. Special Ed for whatever the reason is, people act like. 1989, 90 don't count, or if it count, it only count. I don't even know if people even acknowledge it took two years, to be honest, because, you know, y'all want to talk about NWA all day. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I just think Special Ed is getting forgotten, and to them Brooklyn boys from Brooklyn, them yeah, PSA nah, hip-hop Ed was, boys. Ed was big, man. Vermont, it was, Ed was big. We got Special Ed at the table, man, with, with, with great yeah. I gotta talk. Um, I got um, Joey Badass also, and there's a young dude that came into the game. Uh, Mob Deep, obviously. Watts, they were really young, coming into the to the game of hip hop and everything like that. Um, not, and not discrediting the little Uzis and and um, the NBA young boys and the, and the young guys that's coming up now. I mean, for young Soldier Boy, listen, you said Soldier Boy's name a second ago, man. I and listen. I got to give Soldier Boy his props in the era of the mixtape era, right? Was he, was he, was he in, in the mixtape era, but he was still – he wasn't outside in the mixtape era, but he was that's, still that's outside. Hmm? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Soldier Boy was big, man. Soldier Boy, Chris Cross, obviously, Watts, they come to mind. Um, Fat Boys, too. I mean, they were, as I say, were kind of young. They came into the EPMD. We spoke about that earlier. Eric and Parrish. I mean, they were real young coming into hip hop, man. So, I think Nas does Nas get credit more? You think because it's Nas? Because back to the grill again, or um, his verse of live at the barbecue. Is that, is that where people go with Nas? I, I think I think people think that because of how great Nas is and how he sustained his greatness throughout the years that they automatically assume that Nas as a teenager was the greatest rapper. And that's just absolute not true. It's just not. A lot of rappers started out as teenagers and made incredible, great hip-hop as soldiers. So I love Nas's verse at Live at the Barbecue, but I will never say Nas's verse at Live at the Barbecue, the greatest teenage verse ever written. I won't say that. And guess what? I was on Facebook. And everybody attacked me and said, Nas' verse on Live the Barbecue, the greatest verse that teenage ever wrote. And I told everybody, y'all are smoking bath dust to say that. Because that's just not true. Just not. It was a dope verse. But who wasn't 
Supreme Dope Version 16. On the Yes You Made remix, L was 16. Yeah. Verse was just yeah. as fire as Nas. So we're not mm-hmm. going to act like, you know, Jamal and Illegal and the youngsters and all these young kids wasn't spitting the fire verses. The youngsters crew pop. But Tretch, yeah, but Tretch was, Tretch, hold on, though. Tretch was right. Whatever, okay. All right, Tretch. I'll, Tretch was ghosting for the niggas, though, but okay. What about, the mic, what, about, what about illegal? I, yo, I love illegal. I, yo, I, I actually love illegal. Let me be clear on that. I have there be no illegal slander on PSA Hip Hop. What I about Shaheen, the rugged child? I cannot slander Shaheen. When you're the youngest guy amongst the Who members and you're the young boy, Shaheen, the rugged child, I, it's on. Like I bought Shaheen's first album. So that's all I can tell you. Shout I bought out. that album. So did I. So I can't say nothing. I can't say no. nothing bad about Shaheen. You know? Yeah, so you there's always nothing an argument said, about who's the first person to set it off or who got it cracking or whose eyes got the attention first when it comes to the young phenoms that join the culture of hip hop. So you know how that goes, man. Mm-hmm. I'm running now. On, um, I got some on bars I need to get on my desk. So, um, on Clubhouse, Joe Button is doing R&B battles, and he's basically hasn't lost, according to the video vixens and all the women in the room. <laughs> about his '90s R&B, and I just gotta say, man, that night the, the '90s R&B Joe that he's playing is a joke to me, man. I'm just gonna be real. I don't even think they to be classic R&B music, man. Like we, like if I ever had an R&B discussion with you, you get blown out the window with all that '90s R&B stuff he's playing, even if you went to the '80s. I go to this absolute creative soul of R&B. R&B that I was listening to, there was no rap around. So black creativity in America was making the most creative soul music to be found. You know what I'm saying? So I body bag you off the top with something like Change Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. You know I throw in some Marvin Gaye was get you out the paint. Go to Al Green. Let's stay together. You can't, you can't debate it. You can't rebuttal it. I hit you with some Billy Paul, me and Mrs. Jones. I hit you with some Lana, <laughs> Commodores. We're easy like Sunday morning. Like it's light work to get you out the paint on some R&B talk. Light work. So, up there. You don't lose battles. You undefeated. All the video dances. It's just like oh man, stuff. And I'm like, I never want to be judged by no clubhouse group. I'll tell you that right now. I've had to be judged <laughs> by biased battle rap judges before I let some video vixens judge anything about music. Anything about music. Because their opinion is trash, trash. So I just had to get some bars watch. off me. So, but watch, to be fair though, all those artists you just talked about, I love all those artists. But is that era is not really considered the golden era of R&B. I think R&B, the golden era, just like in hip-hop in the 90s, people equate that to the 90s also, though, when it comes to R&B. That's, no, absolutely not. I, wait, wait, I strongly disagree with that. First of all, your favorite people in the 90s was remaking 70s R&B soul music. When you're remaking Gladys Knight, when, you, when you're remaking Chica Khan song and Rose Voice song, that's, those are remakes. You know what I'm saying? And they and was biggest on the golden era R&B. Not over seventy soul. I will never put I R&B over seventy soul. Now, if people want to do that, 
I'm with it. I want the battle. On beat, and I got my 80s, and I got my 70s. So, head up with you. Watch. So you go, the 90s is fire, though, my nigga. The 90s is fire, though. Hold on, man. Watch. I'm waiting for you. Watch. I want to hear. I want to hear. Hold on. Hold on. C. Voice to men. Brown tone. I'm saying this right now. I'm smoking anybody if they take their top 20 90 shit and I get my top 20 70 shit and we go song for song. Y'all niggas getting body bagged. It ain't even going to be close. I'm not, not, body, not body bag watch. Not body bag watch. I'm wilding right now. Not body bag. It's going to be close. 70 soul compared to 90s R&B? Not even close. It's close watch. It's close. It's I'm very right. close. It's, it's, very, it's so close. Why? It's so close. You're bugging. I'm telling you, I'm just giving my opinion on it. I'm just saying it's close. Big, and, I, and you know what? No, it ain't close. Because I was listening to Joe Button's song selection in that 90s stuff. And that shit was trash. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was big trash. Them thing that was so classics, man. Yo, my man, that fuck with Al Bean, that's the Kemper, Fucking probably amazing. He didn't have the all-time black cookout song. He picked that from Stevie Wonder. In the nineties that can mess with Stevie Wonder. Not one. But what? R. Kelly was I know she said R. Kelly was fired in the nineties though. Let's be real though. Come on, son. R. Kelly wasn't fired in the nineties. Babyface with the Vandals. You wanna compare if you wanna compare if you wanna compare R. Kelly to Stevie Wonder and you take his music in the 90s only versus Stevie's 70s music, I'll take that battle anytime. I'll take the battle anytime. But I won't let no video fixes on Clubhouse judge it. Them bums don't know shit. Bradley Bill's averaging 30 times a game? What? Bradley Bill averaging 30 games. What does that mean? No, I'm, I'm asking you why 25 a game. The person is averaging 28 a game. He's the only option. And didn't I tell you that Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill would not work out? Didn't I tell you that? You thought they were gonna be, you thought they were gonna be some dynamic duo, right? Yes, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook is hurt, like Scott Brooks said, and he didn't tell us because he played the game. His shoulder is messed up. That's what Scott Brooks said. What's your take on the Brooklyn Nets? Russell, Russell Westbrook is better than Chris Paul, and Chris Paul can't hold Russell Westbrook's jock strap. Chris what? Paul could never hold Westbrook's jock strap. And Chris Paul has never beaten Russell Westbrook in the playoffs in his life. That's a fact. So so what does that mean? You better basketball player? I, I, I tell you what it means. I tell you what it means. He never beat Russell Westbrook in the playoffs. That's all I mean. I can't even Chris Paul. I can only give you a Chris fact. Paul's a better, 
Chris Paul is a better pure point guard than Russell Westbrook. No, you're no, going to no, talk triple doubles and me. You're going to talk triple double crap to me. You're going to go triple double crap to me. Russell Westbrook in nothing. There's nothing Chris Paul as a point guard better than Russell Westbrook. Nothing. Better passer. Better jumper. Better passer. Better jumper. Better dribbler. I like that. Better handles. He don't do nothing better than Russell. Nigga, I'm saying that my hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not gonna see and tell me that Russell Westbrook has better handles than Chris Paul. You're not gonna tell me that. You're not gonna tell me that. That's not true. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nigga. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Chris Paul cannot hold Russell Westbrook to extra. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying. Who has a better handle? Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul? Russell Westbrook. You're lying. Who has a better jumper? Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul? Chris Paul. Who you trust more with a minute left in a game to close Russell out finish and make the right decision? You're bugging. You're bugging. You're bugging. Russell Westbrook. I think Chris Paul's basketball IQ is way higher than Russell Westbrook's. Russell Westbrook. Okay. My two, my two right. young boys who I've been talking about since I've been on Pierce Hip Hop has been Bradley Bill and Zach Levine. I've been telling you. Andrew Rosen. Andrew Rosen. Andrew Rosen. Andrew Rosen. I've been telling. I've been telling you for years they're better than Clay Thompson. You don't yeah, accept you. it. You won't accept it. You, no, you don't. don't accept it. You won't accept it. Yet, yet, yet you're watching. So if anybody thinks that Clay Thompson can stop a game like Bradley Bill. I got. A, I have a bridge to sell you. Your man can't cut his own shot. He's a spot up shooter. He has nowhere near the creativity of Bradley Bill or Zach Levine. Zach Levine and Bradley Bill are the two most complete offensive players in the NBA today. I said that years ago. Hey, Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine is wasting his time in in Chicago. He's wasting his but, time. But here's the thing. So, three, what can they do, though? Like, what can you do? What can Matthew Bill and Zach Levine do? If they go to a super team, all the points that they're scoring, they're going to have to sacrifice all of it. You do realize that, right? Right? Of course. Like, of course. everything that makes you listen, everything that makes them stand out now because they're the go-to players on their team where they score all these points, all of that goes out the window when you go to a super team. Then you gotta be. Then you gotta accept that I'm a twenty point a guy, twenty point a game scorer. So Zach Levine, I hear you're unhappy in Chicago. These guys kill me, man. They get the, they get the contract, and now all of a sudden, now you're unhappy. You wait till you get the contract, you get your max contract, and your team starts losing, and now you're unhappy because you got your guarantee. Now you can act like a ball brat. Man up, man. Make your team better. Be great. Be that great. I'm sick of all these guys doing that. So what do you want Zach Levine to three? Wait a minute. You're sick of those guys, but you got you were cool with Harden pushing his way out of Houston? I wasn't cool. I hated how, how Harden acted. I hated it. I hated it. And here's the thing. Harden because now, now he's guaranteed you will not lead the NBA scoring anymore now that you're in Houston. That's over. Are you are you content with that, James Harden? I need to see it with my own eyes to believe it. On paper, y'all should win the NBA championship. But 
your mentality and and and, and Kyrie's mentality, I have no idea how this is going to work. And because Kevin is not a leader, I don't know how this is going to work. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean KD's not a leader? What do you mean he, he is a leader? Kevin Durant is not a leader. On OKC, he wasn't the leader on the Golden State Warriors. He's clearly not the leader on this net team because if he was, Kyrie wouldn't be doing he wants and have just be lapped up. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait. Don't, don't put that on KD, though. Don't put that on KD. You can't put that on KD don't the, the way that Kyrie acts. Come on, son. Kyrie Irving said, I'm going to Brooklyn. KD followed him there. Is that uh, is that not what happened? It is. It is. That's a fact. Wait. You run around following Kyrie. Kyrie literally said, I didn't play because I didn't feel like it. And KD came out forcefully. You didn't have a problem with that three when he said that? Who? When KD said he stands behind Kyrie and supports Kyrie 100%. But watch, you can't bash him to the media and the masses to hear that, bro. So players can criticize another player, right? So when Scotty Pippen tried to sit out for more money, did Jordan publicly criticize him? Of course. No, no, Jordan. Yeah, You can't do that. Scotty Pippen's the second best player in your team. He's so important. You can't publicly criticize him because he won't play. Why are you saying he can't do it? It's a different era, but watch. It's a different era because social media is so out here that now that story would be more bigger than it is. You know what I'm saying? If social media was around with Scotty and Jordan around, it would be a big story. It's a big story because of social media also in the times that we're in now. So do you support what, do you want, what did you want Katie to say, though? What did you want Katie to say? I want Katie to be honest. Say no, My nigga, that's why I got a PR department. Hold on. But let that's me tell why I got a PR department. So let me explain. I Kyrie is getting the help that he needs. You know, you say the political. See, there's ways you can answer politically correct and the ways you can you can you can enable and enforce bad behavior. What he did was enable and enforce bad behavior. It was so bad that listen to what had to happen. The Brooklyn Nets didn't do anything to Kyrie. And he had to step in and find him. The Brooklyn Nets literally letting Kyrie just do walk away with it. And they're trying to fight COVID protocols, games are being canceled, plays are being played, but yet Kyrie can do so the NBA literally had to step in and say, since the Brooklyn Nets won't do anything, we're going to find you 50K a game. You're going to lose out 420 games. You lose protocol. That got his attention. Now all of a sudden, Kyrie back. Oh, Kyrie's going to take his, his, his COVID test. He's going to make sure he's ready to play for Sunday. Because now that the NBA said, we're going, to, we're going to make sure you don't get paid for all those games you missed. Now all of a sudden, Destroying upon Kyrie, you're gonna lose 2.3 million. You see what I'm saying? So let's be clear, man. I'm sorry, I'm not feeling how Kyrie acted, and I'm feeling, and it showed a lack of leadership from Kevin Durant to enable bad behavior. I hear you, watch, but I can't put the onus on KD, man, for Kyrie when he had a situation with LeBron. He had a situation in Boston. 
Like Kyrie, Kyrie skips his own beat. You and I already heard conversations about Kyrie not, you know, not talking to teammates and everything like that. Imagine me and you, me and you did a show with somebody else. I mean, all right, me and you and Kyrie do a show, PSA and Pop, right? And me and you build them before the show. We have conversations, and Kyrie's not even joining our conversation. That's not on me and you. If we come on air and Kyrie is is not talking to us and joining our hip hop conversations, I mean, you can't control what Kyrie says and does, nigga. That's on him. He's not why. Damn, why Kyrie not joining the conversation three and watch? I don't know. Talk to that nigga. I understand what you're saying, but I just can't put that on KD when this nigga's already shown his his colors everywhere he's gone with Cleveland, with Boston, and now Brooklyn. It's just and you guys, hold on. Dog, you said to yourself when Kyrie got there, you have worries if Kyrie's going to be on the one and two, if he's going to be on the square, if he's not going to alienate himself from teammates and be standoffish. So you had concerns about that when it happened. So this shouldn't be like breaking news to guys who watch Kyrie, what he's done everywhere he's been. You know, you know, you know, NBA got to be real serious if I 100% agree with Stephen A. Smith. Anytime me and Stephen <laughs> A. Smith on the same page about any NBA related topic, that means it's serious. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You, know you was jacking when Stephen A. said retired Kyrie. I wasn't jacking that. I'm sorry. I wasn't jacking that. Uh, yes, tell you why. I, I 100% was jacking it because... Nah, y'all you, got a budget. You just... Yo, yo, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I agree. Like Stephen A. Smith said it. Yo, wow. you don't want to play, man. Just retire. You got the money. Kyrie, yo, three, Kyrie did a no call, no show. I said, I ain't play because I ain't feel like it. There's nothing professional about that. That is the poster agree. child for rich... Built athletes. There's nothing I can do to defend that. You know, when when they first got a coach, what's the first thing he said? We don't need no coach coming in trying to implement his own shit. Like, that's the first thing he said. So, let's give LeBron James his flowers. LeBron James, you won a championship with that man, and you got the best out of him. You are great. LeBron James, you are How difficult a player it is to be around. How LeBron did to keep his mind involved back alone. That might be his greatest championship. You have to think about it. The Brooklyn had a chance, two or three championships. Yo, breaking up. And they go Huh? Breaking up a little bit. win championships. And I don't know if Kyrie and James Harden want to sacrifice. All right, do you have them coming out the East? By talent alone, they're coming out the East. They're just too talented. They're just too good. You can't put enough play in them and say that they're better than them. They're just too good. So they come, let me just say this. This Hmm? They're gonna dog walk the Miami Heat. Ah, dog walk the Heat. 
Yeah, I, I have them coming out the East. The only team I have, I, I can see them giving them problems is Philly. Philly's the only team that I can see put up a fight. Not, not, I, I can't wait to see Philly and Brooklyn fight. Can't put no Simmons on the court. On the court, you put up no fight. That means you waving the white flag. Ooh. That means you giving up. You you you, you want to lose when you put Ben Simmons out there. I like Philly, man. Okay. I think Philly. I think Harden would have been a better fit in Philly, though. With Jen, with um, MB. I would have loved to see Harden. Can you? And Embiid and and Kyrie and, and um, Kyrie and Katie in Brooklyn. Can you uh, can you give me um, your your NFL playoff pick, please? Ah. Okay, I'm gonna go here. I think the first game is going on now. If memory serves me right, and the Chargers. I've got I got Green Bay beating the um the uh, Rams. I don't believe in Jared Goff at all. Let's be clear. I just don't believe in them. Even and then listen, my Jets, my Jets beat the Rams, man. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I like Aaron Rodgers a lot. I like to see if Green Bay is gonna go far this year because I feel like Green Bay makes the playoffs every year, but they just don't get to. Like Aaron Rodgers has not made it to Super Bowl in years. That is crazy to me. You know what I mean? So I got them winning. Um, I'm very interested in the eight o'clock game watch with the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo um, Bills. And, and let's be clear, man, that class of Lamar Jackson. Listen, is, is Lamar Jackson um, what's it, what was it? Josh, uh, Josh Allen, right? Yeah, about the same year. So both these quarterbacks with Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. And the funny thing about it. People acting like Donald, Baker Mayfield, and Josh Rosen were over Lamar Jackson and Josh um, Smith, the, the, the brother from um, Baltimore here. And right now, these brothers right now are in the playoffs while Donald's on the playoffs, even though um, my man Baker Mayfield is in a 3 o'clock game tomorrow. But I'm going to go, wow, man. <sighs> Yeah, that game's gonna be lit tomorrow. Why? That game's gonna be lit tonight, fam. That Baltimore Ravens Buffalo game, I'm definitely in tune for that tonight. I'm more excited for that game more than any game this weekend, to be honest, Watts. Um, but I'm gonna go. Hmm? I hear you. Why does that mean so much to you? Rams versus the Bills. The Ravens versus the Bills. Because I gave you the chance to say two quarterbacks that came out the same year. Both teams play real good. Lamar Jackson is a dope quarterback also. But it's a dope game, man. But both teams play good Who defense. Who do you want to win? I want Lamar to win. Who I think is going to so win? Do I. Different story. My NFL playoffs will be ruined if the Ravens lose to the Bills. It's going to be ruined. <laughs> I want Lamar Jackson to win so badly. I cannot stomach. I cannot stand listening to NFL media guys talk about his passing. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. <laughs> Him to be, and let me tell you why. The media is ready to anoint Josh Allen and next Beth Roethlisberger, the next Philip Rivers. Yeah. I mean, they, they have latched on to him. 
They did not know he might become good. a real good player. He's in my division. He's in my division, Watts. He's good. Trust me. I know about him. Well, the media is ready to anoint him if they can. Basically, what the NBA media wants to do with Luka Doncic, by the way, they're calling him and see the MVP candidate. Can you imagine? Like, they're having discussions right now. Is Luka the MVP of the NBA right now? Okay? So you already see the narrative that's going to be for the rest of the year, the, the six and six for final out. And is Luka the MVP on a 500 Yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. Okay. That's what we're doing. So, uh, minute, 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 minute. you got? Hold you on. Got Baker hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The year that Russell Westbrook won the MVP, was it OKC the sixth seed in the East, in the West? Yes, yes. So what are we talking about then? Uh, he, uh, so, wait a minute. If you tell me Luka Doncic leave the NBA in scoring and ever then I will give him the MVP on a five hundred team. All you do is tell me that he's going to lead the NBA in scoring, meaning, no, what? He's going to average more points than Bradley Bill this year, and he's going to average a triple double. You tell me that, I'll give him the MVP because that's what Russell Westbrook did. He led the NBA in scoring while he averaged the triple double. Leave out the and let the NBA in scoring. Okay, they got so that's that. Back but to the, uh, that's not the, the game. Oh, hold on, watch. But watch, that's not the norm that a guy gets to the sixth seed and wins the MVP of the league. But look what he did. He did, something, he did something. He did something precedent. He My nigga, the year Barkley won, won in Phoenix, Phoenix had the best record in the NBA, did they not? The year I'm that they gave Steve Nash second MVP, the Detroit Pistons had the best record in the NBA, and they did not give it to Charlie Billups. They gave it to Steve Nash. So the NBA makes up their own rules, and they create a narrative, and all the beat writers who have votes, they stick with it. Right now, they're trying to start early that Luka Doncic is the MVP. Oh, no, he ain't no damn MVP. <laughs> so who's MVP then? There's right no MVP, man. The literally just started, B. There's no MVP. Nobody stands out like like this is a good stuff. I agree. I agree. Say that. Browns Chiefs. Who, who you got for Browns and Chiefs? That easy. Fight. That Oklahoma fight and Baker Mayfield. I'm going to cheese, man. 14 and 2. I'm not going to Cleveland. But, yo, I listen, that's an upset if Cleveland wins, in my opinion, though. Huh? How do you feel? Yo. Yeah. 
watch. Yo. Yo. Yo, yo. What were you saying now? The last part you were saying, sir. I'll, I'll get, back. I'll get this, this part back together. What were you saying now? The last part you were saying? I was saying I was wrong about the uh, Buccaneers' decision to bring in Tom Brady. Made the right choice. Made the right decision. I got the Saints winning, though. I got, I got, I got, I got Tom. I got Tom terrific winning. Really? Yeah. And it hurts my heart that Jameis Winston is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I'm devastated about it. What do you think about Benny the Butcher dropping a project this year with Harry Ford before my before my plugs met part the part um another version of it part three part two. Uh, that's one of his. Just listen, man. We love the we love the plugs I met, and um, me and you are going to be very, very. I, I listen, this high anticipation for that. I'll just say that right now, because we put the plugs I met on such a high pedestal. Uh, the the people he had guests appearing on the plugs I met were a list MCs. So I'm I'm going to be interesting to see who he decides to collaborate with on this next version of the plugs I met. Mm. Me too. I'm very interested to see is he going to go back to his grassroots of not the mid-rappers jumping on tracks with him? Hi, Ross. How you doing? Is he going to still keep it, you know, is Heem going to get burned on that Ricky Hyde? Is he going to get more of those guys? On the project itself, so I'm interested. I'm interested to see what Gazelle is going to do this year. Period. As a whole, I'm very interested to see what they're going to do. You know. What do you? Are you interested to see what the Trust Gang does this year? Yes, very much so. Of course, definitely. Rand, Spash, you know, Yes, definitely. Love that camp. Love that camp, man. Love that camp. You know I mean, that's what it is, man. Watch, take us home, my G. PSA Hip Hop the home of the new head coach of the New York Jets. Holla. Robert Salai, I pronounced the last name right. Lebanese descendant, 41 years of age. Or the, I don't know if it's going to work out, so let's be clear on that. I'm not getting gas. Listen, I'm a Jets fan. I've endured bad coaching. We all got hype when Todd Bowles got here. You know, I'm not, I'm not even mad that we got a defensive coordinator. I'm happy we got the right coach in the sense of everyone has nice things to say about this guy. Whether or not that's going to translate to X's and O's and picking guys up, the right guys for this roster, he's going to have a big decision to make. I think he's bringing in um, the offensive, one of the quarterback coach, I think, was San Francisco, and make him the offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator now, um, Mike LaFleur. Um, so I'm interested to see what he's going to do. Are they going to keep Sam Darnold? Are they going to take the number two pick, trade that down and get more assets and more picks? Are they going to pick up the guy Sewell um, with the number two pick, the lineman, the big guy there to protect Sam Darnold? Are they going to go quarterback? Are they going to come initiate the Kyle, the Shanahan um, offense over here to New York with uh, Sam Darnold? It's a lot of answers to see, man, but I'm excited a little bit because – you know, anytime, listen, Adam Gase's press conference, when he came out there with his guys looking like he was on some next shit, like that was just the tail of the tape right there. Once you saw that press conference, 
you should know my Jets is going to be trash. So that's what it is, man. Peace and hip-hop, man. What with your boys, man? Y'all know the vibes already. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.